Hello, welcome to Courtney Watches Movies. It's the podcast in which I, the titular Courtney, review, analyze, and most likely overthink movies and the filmmakers who brought them to life. And today, we're going to be talking about Bo is Afraid. (laughs) Buckle up, this movie's a lot. Okay, Bowie's Afraid is the third feature-length film from Ari Aster. I believe he wrote and as well as directed it. And it stars Joaquin Phoenix, Patti LuPone, Amy Ryan, Nathan Lane, Parker Posey, Zoe Lister-Jones, all sorts of fun people. The official IMDb summary says, Following the sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic kafka-esque odyssey back home okay the i know this movie has been out for a while but i wanted to chat about it as i just mentioned in my episode about the covenant i am a bit of an advocate for um less mainstream movies getting attention and i know that today um the guardians of the galaxy volume 3 is releasing So I'm kind of trying to just do my little thing and be an advocate for, you know, movies that aren't going to be juggernauts at the box office, which we'll see how Guardians does, but I'm pretty confident it's going to do pretty well. So even though, as I said, even though I know Bo is Afraid has been out for a couple of weeks, I just wanted to get on and talk about it because it's definitely a movie worth discussing. So... Right off the bat, Ari Aster, I really like him. His first two movies, Hereditary and Midsommar, I think are very interesting. I think he's one of the most, I hate to keep using the word interesting, but he is one of the most interesting filmmakers working today. I I was looking forward to this. As soon as I heard that Joaquin Phoenix was working with Ari Aster, I was like, oh my God, that is like a hat trick for me. Oh my gosh. I believe it was filmed under the working title of Disappointment Boulevard, and I kind of like that name better, but I think Bo is Afraid suits the movie more, if that makes sense. So a lot goes on in this movie, but in the beginning, Bo Wasserman, played by Joaquin Phoenix, um, he's living in a terrifying area. It appears to be Los Angeles kind of a skid row looking place, um, surrounded by all sorts of nefarious characters, lots of drug addicts and, uh, scary homeless people. He lives in a really frightening building and basically on, on the anniversary of what is going to, the anniversary of what was his father's death, he's going to go see his mom and absolute chaos ensues in his desire to take a journey to see his mother. <laughs> this movie is so bizarre. I'm having a hard time formulating sentences. It's so strange. But he does see a therapist who puts him on a new medication 
for his anxiety and he's only supposed to take it with water and it becomes a whole journey for him to even get water to drink it with because the water's out in his building. It's kind of a situation of everything that can go wrong goes wrong. It's like Murphy's Law, the movie. And he has a horrible time trying to even leave his apartment. He has his plane ticket, but his keys get stolen out of his door. So he's afraid to leave his apartment unlocked to fly home to his, where his, his hometown is called Wasserton, as in his last name, Wasserman. It's named after his mother, who you later find out is a very, very, very powerful and wealthy businesswoman. She's kind of like, it's, it's unclear what exactly she does, but it's implied she's kind of like a Jeff Bezos character. So I'm gathering the whole town is named after her, but the problem is this movie is very surreal and you don't know what is really happening. But so the first portion of the movie is him just literally just trying to leave and all the chicanery that goes on. And, and part of it could be just in his mind. I think a lot of it is just in his mind. I think that's the meaning behind the title. Bo is afraid. That literally sums up his entire life. He's afraid of everything. So the first part of the movie is that. The second part of the movie is a time that he spends with a very strange husband and wife, played by Amy Ryan and Nathan Lane, recuperating at their home. Again, this is still part of his journey trying to get to his mother. Um, he finds out his mother was killed. So now it's a journey to get to his mother's funeral. And I, I think in Ju Judaism, people need to be buried quickly. I believe that's the practice in Judaism. Like you don't want a body to be unburied for very long. So there's a lot of pressure on him to get back home so his mom can be buried because it's like humiliating to her to not be buried, right? So he's with Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan and he ends up escaping from them. And then the third chunk of the movie is very strange. He finds like a traveling theater troupe and watches them put on a performance. And then while watching their play, he goes into, he, he, he basically sees himself in the play and his story, although it's not really his story, but it's just like a, a culminate, the compilation of all of his fears, but also his wishes. And he sees himself in the play. He goes, he goes on such a weird little mental, emotional journey and then the fourth chunk of the movie is him actually getting back to his mother's estate. And he's just missed the funeral. So that's very sad, but it's very clear his mother's very wealthy. He grew up very, very wealthy. I think that's where I'm going to end it because I don't want to, I don't think I'm going to do a spoiler review because because it's just so strange it's almost impossible to fully spoil 
but just know that it's split into four chunks. This is a very long movie. I believe it's about three hours. Um, I do, I do think that I, I would have trimmed some of the runtime. It starts to get a little bit like up its own booty, which is always a danger. I think when a, a director is quite young and has already gotten so much praise that it's a danger that they could get a little bit too pretentious, right? And a little too try hard. But the reason I specifically wanted to chat with you guys about this movie, which is kind of ironic coming from me. I mean, in my intro, I talk about me overthinking movies. I think it's a movie that's very easy to overthink, and I don't know that you should. So if you've seen it, or if you're interested in seeing it, I think you could you would be making a mistake to to read too much into it i i think that you should know a lot of what you're seeing is not real and i have noticed a pattern with ari aster where he is he is communicating very simple concepts through very convoluted executions so for instance Hereditary is about what's passed down in families, right? Now in Hereditary, spoiler alert, what's passed down in families is really about like mental illness and things. But in that movie, it's devil worship or whatever that demon's name is, payment or whatever, payment worship, right? But it's what's passed down in families. And then Midsommar is really about grief and... How easy people are to take advantage of when they're heartbroken. But both of those movies come across as much more complex than that, in my opinion. Especially in Midsommar. But when you break down what it's really about, that's what it's really about. It's very simple concepts. So this movie, it gives it away in the title. This is about living with crippling anxiety. And how the world looks to you if you are afraid of everything. I will say if I were Ari Aster's mother, I would be a little bit offended by now because he does some crazy, crazy movies about family stuff. But don't overcomplicate it. This this is a this to me is a movie that's best enjoyed if you just kind of sit back and accept whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. It's very strange. I would I don't think it's very approachable for the average moviegoer i'm amazed it got the wide open in terms of theater numbers and the budget that it got i'm amazed by that because it is so inaccessible but i also think that this movie almost operates as a rorschach test in in that you will get from it probably something different from the next person and what i mean by that is Bo, the whole movie, blames a lot of his problems on his mother. And this movie has a lot to do with that feeling of guilt because his mother has died, right? And he's like, he has blamed all of his anxieties on her his whole life. And to be fair, it does appear that she is a little bit hard on him and that she has lied to him about certain aspects of his his upbringing and certain things about his father and in order to keep him in fear. Now that, that, that does appear to be true reading through the lines, 
but there's no doubt either that he has exaggerated it. And I almost think that is the idea behind making the runtime so long, because the longer you stay with Bo, the less you can tolerate and like him. And I, I kind of think that's the point. Because for me, because of certain extenuating circumstances in my own life, I do not appreciate it when people blame their parents for everything they have done wrong. Okay. I'm definitely of the millennial generation where everybody's mom is toxic and everybody's dad is a gaslighter. All these different, you know, hotshot words that is like really a lot of the time, it might be true sometimes, but a lot of the time people are just avoiding responsibility for their own actions and not giving their parents enough grace, in my opinion, right? So that's what I've seen. So I was almost annoyed with Bo, like, dude, we get that your mom's not great, but you're also a loser. You know what I mean? But I say that to say this, what I took away from the movie because and it is because I've already had these thoughts about other people in my life. And so I projected it onto the movie, right? What I took away is that people who are so self-conscious can be so self-centered. So let me put it this way. If you know a person who always feels like somebody's looking at them or making fun of them or everybody's staring at me. Everybody's, everybody's mad at me. Nobody likes me. For me, I've come to a point in my life where that kind of person is so self-centered because the re- the reality is it's very likely that no one cares. Like they're living their own lives and they, they're not bothered by you. And so, because that is my lived perspective, that's what I see in Bo. I see this kind of selfishness and his crippling, paralyzing fear of being looked at and watched. It comes across so self, so self-centered and so selfish. But again, your mileage may vary. You might suffer from really extreme anxiety. And you might identify with him. And I think that's valid too. Honestly. Because there's a lot of people out there that are really, really afraid. And it's not like I'm saying I'm never afraid. But not, I don't have this this anxiety on this level. You know? And I, I guess I'm fortunate in that way. But I think you'll get from this movie what you'll get from it. <laughs> Obviously. And it could be different from everybody. And I think that's why you're hearing such mixed reviews. Personally, I enjoy it when a movie has mixed reviews. I like when people feel super strong about it either way. I like when they feel really positive and they're like, this is the best thing ever. And then there's a whole group of people that are like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. That is like, I'm so intrigued by that. That pumps me up, you know? Which, it makes me a little bit sad to say I'm, at the end of the day, fairly neutral on the movie as a whole. I think it just went too far with some 
some visual stuff that just stuff that I'm it's a little much for me and mind you I don't I'm not against strange avant-garde movies at all but some of the visuals were just really graphic and I just was like this is so unnecessary and it starts to feel yeah just kind of pardon my French but just like sniffing your own farts a little bit <laughs> And I'm sure that's not what he meant by it. I don't like assuming that of filmmakers, but I don't know. I appreciate it as the absolute crazy Hail Mary pass of a film that it is. And I think it's very encouraging that he got such a large budget for such an off-the-wall movie. So I'm kind of, I'm of two minds about it, right? Because did I personally enjoy it? Not necessarily. Do I want to watch it again? No. No. But am I glad that movies like this get made? Yes. So I kind of have two parts of me at war over this. Do you know what I mean? At the same time, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is such, he is such an unusual talent. I really believe that. He's one of my favorite actors working today. I love that he takes role. He appears to take roles that really speak to him. And A, it's wonderful that he's financially able to do that. Because I know a lot of actors just need work. So they end up taking roles to take roles. And I understand that. I respect that. But I love his choosiness. He's kind of like... He's not as aggressive as Daniel Day-Lewis, but similar, where their roles have to connect with them at this point in their careers. And so I really like him. I would watch him shop for groceries. I just really... So he always leaves it on the field completely. The supporting cast is excellent. I mean, these, these performances are crazy. Amy Ryan, who I know from The Office... Uh, she does a great job. Nathan Lane does a great job. Patty Lapone absolutely steals the show. Zoe Lister-Jones does a good job. Parker Posey's really great in her scenes. So I can't, there's, I literally cannot complain on that level whatsoever. I, there's no, there's no technical complaints I have. The, the film is shot beautifully. You the world feels totally lived in. It's it's very confidently made. It's just it is very strange and it, it has it has so much going on. Oh my goodness. I'm still pretty flabbergasted by this. Oof. So I feel I, I'm sad because I really can't recommend that the that you see this. <laughs> As I said earlier, this is a very inaccessible movie, unfortunately. But thank God, thank God, it's this stuff gets made, you know. For my personal taste, I think I'm gonna give it a six point five. I know that seems low, but at the end of the day, there's just some stuff 
visually that was just really graphic and unnecessary for me. And I don't personally want to want to look at that. But absolutely all the performances are amazing. Joaquin is amazing. I'll still see whatever Ari Aster wants to do next. I don't know what he's got planned. I'm sure it's something. Um, but again, ironic considering what I've been doing for the last 20 minutes. But if you see this, don't overthink it. Just know it's dream logic. A lot of it's not real. And a lot of it is just about what the world looks like when you have imagined that everybody is against you. Okay? Deal? <laughs> Do we have a deal? All right. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to bump it up to a 7. I feel bad. I'm going to bump it to a 7 out of 10. But thank you for listening. I hope you have the most amazing day or week or month or year. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, comment, all that jazz. It really helps me out. Also, uh, follow me over on Instagram at Courtney Watches Movies. We have a lot of fun over there. You guys, you have a wonderful day. Bye.